Hi, this is Eustace, and this is... Factoid! So let's get started. The time, 1975. The place, the U.S. of A., likely somewhere in the bottom half of the state of Georgia, specifically that front seat of an early 70s Cadillac. The how a portable black cassette recorder and its detachable microphone stand and cord, and probably about 30 size-C batteries. The Who, my grandfather, Arthur Norman Locke. He was called, he was called Art to just about everyone but the bank. Tall, um, strong, really good looking, smart, funny, charming. He never met a stranger, period. Uh, But always honest, he was not. He was not in the backyard. He was sitting behind the wheel of that giant Cadillac with its couch for a front seat, completely without seat belts, and he was ad-libbing some really giant lies about his, his imaginary tropical life in Orlando. And he was putting it down on tape. Oh, oh, no. The alligator just ate the dog. And the why? <laughs> because, um, well, I don't really know why. I guess because he was bored. Uh, You see, my grandparents had moved to Florida to retire and to run this little small diner, which was then in what was the small town, and I mean little small town, of Orlando. This is before it became, you know, what it is now. And he would occasionally drive back and forth from Orlando to St. Louis, Missouri for family events. And in those days, that drive was 16 hours. And I mean 16 hours without a screen, without very much radio. There was no satellite radio at the time. And he did this all by himself. Straight through. (laughs) And he got bored. Now that is my very stern and German grandmother, Ruth, he's talking about. The one that I had never seen without a top and a bra and a helmet of hair until she was rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night at the age of 79. And even then she had the hair, uh, but more on her in a minute. Art would record these cassette tapes and share them with anyone. Anyone. Everyone. Everywhere. They became artifacts after he died. Those tapes and my grandfather's wit are why I am doing this podcast today. Now back to Ruth Lauk, my grandmother. The stern Lutheran I told you about a moment ago. She was the inversion of Arthur. Cold, serious, rarely smiled. At home she could be generous and kind, but more often than not she was quiet there too. Alone in a room, she always kept early hours at the restaurant, so always. she seemed to be in bed or getting ready for bed. And because of her hard life, she was frequently curt. Kurt. So she was, like I said, she was hurt. Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> 
abrupt. One time, my sister drove all the way from California to see her, and the first thing Ruth did after hugging her was to tell her that her hair smelled. When I would visit her, before I left, she would pack all my things for me and have them waiting out on the porch for me, like the night before. She once told my soon-to-be sister-in-law that she had birthing hips. She felt deeply and had trouble with that. And my first year of college, I didn't come home until Thanksgiving. And when I got home, my grandmother told me that she wanted us to have a private Thanksgiving together. She wanted us to go to a restaurant and have dinner, just the two of us. This was a big thing. My mom hosted Thanksgiving dinners. The house was filled with guests. And then she was upset because her mom had stolen me away. And she said sarcastically that it was probably because she and my grandfather split up for the hundredth time. She probably just didn't want to be around people, my mom said. But there was no precedent for this invitation, and to me that probably only meant bad news, and I was really wary of this. Thanksgiving Day came, and tons of guests in the house, and I had to politely excuse myself, which was embarrassing, of course. Goodbye. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Walk out the front door and meet my grandma on the street. I remember we were pretty silent on the way to the restaurant. It was... A very long drive, and the Christmas music on the AM radio channel she listened to was almost meditative as I waited for the big blow that was yet to come. Was it divorce? Was it cancer? Was it somehow something worse? But she said nothing. (laughs) We got to the restaurant, and they were also playing AM radio, oddly. It was a small place run by people my grandma knew somehow, but uh, we ordered dinner, and made small talk, and the topic of why we were alone, apart from our family on Thanksgiving and a restaurant 45 minutes away, never came up. And I I just, I couldn't ask. And by the end, I was really hoping I would never know for sure that it was anything other than she just didn't want to be around a house of screaming children on the holiday. And then we finished that very quiet and not too great dinner, and we got back in the car, and she started it up, and we sat there for a minute, and I knew that it was coming because we didn't move, we didn't pull out of the uh, parking lot. It was just just us sitting in the car and I knew it was the reason why we were there and it was coming. And every second that she didn't speak was an eon and the only other sound besides the car was my pounding heart and again that AM radio telling us that extended weather forecast uh, and snow was likely in the evening. And finally, finally, finally she said, I sure have missed you, Stace. And I knew that that was huge for her. I mean, massive. That weight of that still affects me today. And that was all she said. That was it. Before we pulled out of that parking lot and she drove me that very long way home. This has been Factoid, Episode 3. Special thanks to Frank Nall and Rob Milne. Please remember to SSR, that is subscribe, share, and rate. You can get more information, find out more about this episode and all of our other episodes, as well as get access to all kinds of really cool stuff at factoidpod.com. And also, you can go out to Patreon and support us. Thanks. Sincerely yours, Eustace.